0: Jamal Edwards, MBE, the normal guy working in Topshop that became an amateur filmmaker and turned into a multi-millionaire. Starting out, Jamal was one of the youngest, successful black entrepreneurs in the UK. And when I started my business, he was someone that I admired and looked up to tremendously. I remember stalking him online, And one day when he did a Skype group chat, I asked him a question and that meant the world to me. Well, today I get to ask him a few more. Jamal was born in Luton and at the age of 15, he rapped with his friends under the name Smokey Bars on a £20 camera phone. His first video was simple, just him filming foxes on his local estate. These videos would eventually become his business and the beginning of the brand, which we all know, called SBTV. In 2006, Jamal launched SBTV, the first new media business on YouTube, gaining a fan base of over 1 million subscribers and over 600 million views in a very short amount of time. SBTV has launched the careers of many, many people in the music industry, including one guy, which we'll all know, called Ed Sheeran. Voted number two in The Guardian's top 30 young people in digital media, he was also named in the Forbes 30 under 30 list in European media and one of GQ's 100 most connected men of all time. I met him in his office in London and we discussed everything from the barriers you face being a young entrepreneur, to race, to age, to mental health. We talked about family and we talked about his mum getting cancer at a pivotal moment within his business. We talk about everything. And I'm so unbelievably excited to share this conversation with you today because Jamal, for a long time, has been one of my great, great personal idols. Someone I can relate to more than any young entrepreneur out there. So without further ado, I'm Stephen Bartlett and this is The Diary of a CEO. I hope nobody's listening. But if you are, then please keep this to yourself. Jamal, um... I don't really know where to start. There's so much that I that I have to ask you. If I take it back in my sort of journey, when I was 18 years old and I was in Manchester, a young kid with big dreams, um, you were the face that I always saw. And I think because I'm a you know young black guy um, that didn't come from a v- very good um, upbringing, I didn't have many case studies in my life of successful young black men to look to as a I guess a proof case that it was possible for me. But you were one of those. People, and I think you've always set a real sort of shining example for me as an entrepreneur as I've um as I've progressed in my career. So first and foremost, I think I just wanted to say thank you. No,
1: my guy, humbling. A,
0: no, for real. I, I'm You're not smashing it as well. Bro. I'm not a bullshitter, but like uh, genuinely, genuinely. And you probably won't know this, but there was one day when you were doing these Skype interviews and you were allowing people that followed you to to speak to you on Skype and I asked you a question and you responded on the Skype and I thought that was crazy crazy crazy
1: for oh, those days <laughs>
0: yeah and that was probably i don't know 7 8 seven yeah, years 7 years ago yeah, or something yeah, yeah. crazy yeah, yeah. but um i guess where i want to start is at the start of <clears throat> your your journey what were you like in school i think the
1: the i think one of the things that i just my attention span like, there were some things that i did enjoy i enjoyed like more the physical stuff um more like ICT mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. But I actually didn't take me to a business in school from primary school or high school, um, which was quite funny how I now got into media and business. But I was very, um, I just had a very short attention span and that led to sort of like behavior, mm-hmm. behavior problems. I remember like in year nine, like I got put to like uh, a psychiatrist because they was like, why, what, what, what's like the what's going on? I think I still got a report at home. I don't know why they did that. I only went for like a couple <laughs> sessions. They wanted to see, just ask me questions and find out a bit more about my life. But um, yeah, it was just I have a very short attention span.
0: And what did the psychiatrist find out? What was their conclusion? I don't know. Like
1: it's just uh, I needed to be stimulated more. I'm just not engaged with. Things like that you're not interested in. Basically, yeah, 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 Which caused to me um, being like a bit of a class clown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get good grades? I got all right grades. I didn't get the grades I wanted to get into a first year at college. So I did a national, I did a BTEC national diploma mm-hmm. in Media Moving Image. But I had to do a whole another year because I think I missed one grade because I needed like four or like five, no, or like six, eight, to Cs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do a whole another year. I did the first diploma for a year, mm-hmm. and then I did the national diploma, which was two years. So I ended up doing like three years at college. So mm-hmm. all my mates that went went straight to two year course. I had to do a, a first year, mm-hmm. first year course, which was a bit of like a eye, like a eye opener that I should have focused a little bit more in school. But um, yeah,
0: I've I've um I've I've read and watched a lot about you over the years as you've you've gone on your journey. I've never heard you talk a huge amount about what your home life was like as a kid Mm -hmm. I know you grew up in London and um, I know you're incredibly close to your mum is there any context of your home life that has shaped who you are today or shaped the stuff you've described in school in the poor behavior is there anything there that's sort of pertinent or interesting or connected or even anything from your sort of home life or you know your preschool years that were uh, inspired you to be a little bit more sort of independent and I guess carefree? I guess much of the reason I ask that question is because I try and look for patterns in, in, in people yeah. and my parents my parents weren't really around mm. so I, when I'd wake up every day they were already they were already gone and then when um, I came home from school and fell asleep they weren't there they weren't back from work yet my yeah. mum would just sleep at her job yeah. um, so I had this sort of sense of if I was going to have anything in life it was going to come from something that I did mm.
1: so my mum's parents died in a car crash when she was four so like that like my mum and my uncle had to stay with my aunties and it was very strict, like so strict. And like my mum has then made it very strict for me, like very strict, like not allowed out. Like I wasn't even allowed out until I was like, I don't know what age, I think it was like, just as I was turning a teenager. But I remember always coming home and I always remember them films, you know, like Jack, Robin Williams, mm-hmm. where like, he's like a big kid and then he goes home and all the kids on the area wonder who is he like yeah you saw him did you see him I was <laughs> like like have similarities to that because I was like everyone knew I was there but I wasn't allowed that like what does he do like that had a little bit of an effect on like how I can experience like just life outside of um being in my my parents house mm-hmm. my mum uh, is married to uh my stepdad I don't know my real dad mm-hmm. um so he, he he's been very supportive in my life from the early days of like when I wanted to get certain cameras, certain equipment. But yeah, I think I had a strict upbringing, which made me be much more of a, like sort of a rebel when I was allowed really? to just be free because yeah. I was like, I'm free now, I can just live. <laughs> yeah, live a bit.
0: Again, from watching your journey as an 18 year old kid sat in Moss Side in Manchester, um, watching YouTube and reading articles and things like that, I got to see one. I guess one dimension of being a successful young entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but there's this other dimension which I think especially at that time nobody really talks about, mm-hmm. and I think no, it 's probably quite hard for you to articulate the true nature of being a young successful entrepreneur that had a lot of spotlight and a lot of people talking and really on this wave of sort of youtube um, uh, when i was when I was watching you in, in the day, so I guess my question is what are the things about being a young entrepreneur mm-hmm. when you came up, where you came up, that people just don't appreciate or just don't realize i don't know i think it's just living your life in a public like
1: <clears> like and i'm all for making mistakes like and for people to learn from them and and myself learn from them but i think it was a lot of pressure of making sure you're like like the way you dress like all that sort of stuff and it was only to a certain point where people didn't know who i was It was only my local the local people that knew who i was the Google Chrome advert then took me to another like level in terms of like publicity, mm. which I was I think like about 19. Really I I was just like, whoa, it's just <laughs> mad. Like people coming up to me, taking pictures, people staring at me. I was like, what are you staring at me for? i just get mad, anxious. I was like, shit, what? <laughs> and I was like, and then like some people like it got to the point of like where people take pictures and that, and I'd be like, Why, why are you taking a picture? And I didn't understand, and then I'd be like, What's my name? <laughs> like, can I just think? What, like, do you think I'm mistaken? Or do you, like, is it someone else? But most of the time, like all the time, people say, "Oh, Jamal, come on, man!" Like, SBTV, da da da, and then I'm like, "Yeah, cool." But, but then also, like, my mum being on X Factor as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to see it with her, so she didn't win, but she got like fourth place in like I think it was like second or third series. Which is the year that Shane Ward won it, but I remember going like shopping and people coming up to her and asking pictures and all that sort of stuff. So I used to see that and I never used to think that would be for me. Never. Mm-hmm. I was always Brenda from X Factor's son, mm-hmm. and then it like switched. as was like Jamal from SBTV's mum, and I was just like, it's mad. How, how did you?
0: How did that feel? People coming up and asking you for photos and stuff, and
1: I just didn't understand it at first, and then I sort of got a bit used to it. But at first, I was just a bit like, whoa.
0: And wait, 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 where are you at with it now?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. cool right? I always get, like, people, they'll just literally stare in my face. I'll be like, you right, And then I'll like ah, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I know how to deal with it now. But at first, when I was a little bit younger, I just didn't know how to deal with it because I didn't understand.
0: So that's the, like, publicity fame side of um, being in the spotlight. Yeah. What about the business side in terms of you were you were at the centre of this, like, super fast growing media platform and you were, like really an early mover in that space. I imagine you get brands swarming on you and there's team members and there's this sort of expectation that you have to be like the CEO and the founder and know what, you know, all of the right moves to make. What's that like at a young age? You've got to pay people as well. Yeah, I think I was
1: like the youngest boss, if you could say that. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I employed was older than me. And it was very daunting for me to be telling people, "Oh yeah, do it like, let's do it like this." I used to let people sway my decisions because I was like, "I've always been taught to respect your elders." So like, if they, if I say, oh, "Let's do a video like this," someone older than me, but I think it's like this, I'm like, mm, "Yeah, probably you know but you've got more experience," but or like more years on your age. But mm-hmm. I had to learn to like sort of take that back and actually do what I wanted to do. But in the early early days, it was very daunting. Like I would never tell people. Like, oh yeah, can you do this? Because I've been like, oh, they're just way older than me. They're not gonna listen to me. I'm like, like, I'm a kid to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think I had to overcome that, like, fear of of just people saying, "But you're this age. Like, what are you doing? Well, you can't tell me to do that." I know I say mm-hmm. like that, and it's not saying that like that people that worked for me was like that, but that was just that yeah, programmed in my head. Like, I used to tell myself that over and over again. That was definitely like a something I had to overcome
0: because there's like a lot of kids out there that that will be thinking, they might be 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever. Um, they'll be thinking, I think I'm too young to start anything or do mm. anything. Mm. What would you say from your experience um, to those kids?
1: The now, especially you can start a business at whatever age. I did pocket money pitch mm. and kids like 11 years old was pitching me a forecast. I was like, what? This is crazy. So I feel like the age now has been lowered. I think like when we were in school, entrepreneurship and business wasn't really mm-hmm. like co-signed as much as it is now mm-hmm. and then are seeing people like myself people like you other mm-hmm. people like breaking down the barriers and like you know what actually enterprise can be done like at whatever age it is mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what background you're from because like people are actually making it happen.
0: And so you got, you've got, you know, that Google advert was massive at the time. I actually, mm. I feel like I remember where I was when I saw it. I yeah, it was like England the thing. first
1: ad break of X Factor that it was year. crazy. I know. I was like sweating. Like, really? Literally sweating. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> It was crazy. Like they got, I got the list of like where it was going. Like it was on Sky Sports. Really? They gave me yeah. a list? Yeah, they gave me a list of every like, it was huge. And um, yeah, like it was like Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber was like, my counterpart I was was the one in the UK and I think the reason why it did well is because like a lot of people related to the story Mm -hmm. but um it was a surreal moment it was a surreal moment like it was a surreal moment
0: and there's that on one end which is like the the like the celebration and those like key moments which I think all business people encounter Mm -hmm. what are the 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 hard parts that people don't talk about the stuff where you know people will follow you on Instagram, they'll see, oh, he's got an MBE. He's yeah. like, he's done this Google Google advert. He's got all of these amazing honors. You're, you you I saw you on a Primark poster the other day. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But what are the bits that um, people don't put on Instagram? I have my moments in it. So like, I'll
1: be like, some days I'm just like, oh, I can't be asked. Like, you no, know, you can't be asked. It's just like, I don't know what it is. You just feel like demotivated a bit. I don't know where where it comes from. Like. And like I think one of the things you can see that is if I don't post, <laughs> if I don't post social media, and I go disappear for a bit. That's when I'm just like, oh, I just need me time, sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. it's like it is it is a job in itself to keep up the the um, positive messages. Mm-hmm. Like I do quite often post stuff like, like if it's not going well I do try and do that as well as much as I post the positive stuff because I just mm-hmm. want people to know the realism is it's not all like up mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying like there are some times when I have like down times and where I'm just like I just want to be left alone mm-hmm. um, and I think that's so important and I always try and push those messages as much as I put like positive messages up as well and I, it, I think it, it has a positive effect of showing the real of what's what goes on day to day instead of it.
0: Yeah, because without you saying that, as a like an eighteen-year-old kid watching you, I just think um, Jamal's always on point. He's always a hundred percent motivated, and this is I'm not I'm not as like. And the risk there is if I have a bad day and I'm someone that admires you, mm. I think there's something wrong with me. Yeah, but in nah, fact, I think what you've described is people need human.
1: To, yeah, like you just feel like, oh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'm going to do this or do that, um, and that. That I try, like that happens every night and then, it does. Question,
0: uh, does that happen more now than it did at the start of your journey?
1: Yes, because I'm much more known. So I feel like I've got something to live up to, mm-hmm. like more than back in the day, it was just me and my mates. Like, And I feel like when I was a little bit younger, you're a bit more nimble. Like I'm getting older now. So it's like the mistakes you make is like, You've been doing this for how long now? You still make mistakes, but not as many mistakes as you make as when you're like younger. Um, so I feel like yeah, it is a bit more pressure now, um, but I don't mind if it if something did bad happen. I, I I would say it like I would put it online, and I just got to learn from it. Innit?
0: Yeah, I think you've I think of all the entrepreneurs that I know and that I follow, you've um you've definitely been a real advocate of the truth mm-hmm. and showing the behind the scenes that I think other people wouldn't have the, honestly, the strength and the the self selflessness to show. Because mm. there's not really enough, there's not a huge upside in showing vulnerability all the time. No. It's more something that you, I think you've done for other people, like the, you know, you did the documentary about mental health and the music industry mm. and those kinds of things. In business, bad news is inevitable. Yeah, like 100%. But people don't talk about it and no no one shares that part as much, right? Mm. We all post the fucking... There are awards we get, certificates, whatever else. Mm. But yeah,
1: because like, there are brands that, for example, if you're, like, to go real simple, mm-hmm. um, if you're pitching for work mm-hmm. and you don't get it, that's, like, I think one of the things that happens all the time mm-hmm. and necessarily don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I haven't necessarily talked about that a lot where we'll go into it. Um, but I guess that's an ongoing conversation because then you just re-pitch again mm-hmm. instead of it being like, oh, we didn't win this brand brand works so you want to say mm-hmm. the brand but i think that happens a lot um and i think people need to know that happens a lot you don't just win every single pitch like mm-hmm. i don't know any business that wins every single pitch you always have like ex- except for man like steve barton no, <laughs> no,
0: uh, we, we win them but then we sometimes we lose them exactly. we fuck up. i know exactly <laughs> a so fuck it, the it, whole thing up it, that's what i'm
1: saying it happens it happens to me it happens to you mm. like and i think that's important to know like some people might not get their first business for years. Mm-hmm. Like you you just got to keep on going. And I think that's one of the the things I always try and push, is that self-belief, keep on going. Because um, there were times when I couldn't get certain artists. Even today, I might not be able to get certain artists or certain brand work that I want to try and do, and we don't win the pitch. But we just got to keep on going.
0: And how do you deal with, how, what's your sort of coping mechanism with dealing with bad news as a young entrepreneur? And how has it changed over time? I think um,
1: now it's much more organised instead of it being like...
0: Emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, cool, it didn't happen, let's keep moving forward. Like whether that's investment or brand work or working with an artist. And yeah, it's just about trying to keep that, that positive mental attitude. I think back in the day I was a lot more... Like, oh, this is all going... Like, this is going to flop. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would disappear for, like, a few days. Like, no one would be able to get through to me because I'd be so angry really? that I didn't get something. And I think that was just from dealing with business from young mm-hmm. and not knowing how to deal with it and knowing that you've actually got a team with you. Um, I had to learn how to do that and delegate because I always used to be very, like, it was all... I wanted to do everything. I want to do everything. And, mm-hmm. and I had to get out of that mindset because it was killing my like m- mindset it was mm-hmm. also my health was deteriorating it was very to 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 delegate was like one of the big things that i needed to learn
0: but they, they say that when something becomes a job or it becomes like monotonous or like this the same every day and also when you get paid to do it mm-hmm. you lose the creative motivation to do it
1: mm-hmm. that's why you've always got to have oomph moments Like, I class them as oomph moments, like, moments in my career where it just gives me a new oomph for, like, a period of time. So, like, for example, the most recent one was I did a... Uh, f- a fashion week party at Sir House Greek Street I saw it like that was an oomph moment and it was like we were saying in a group like oh yeah let's do one for Halloween or let's do another one for Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. but it was like no let that marinate let that just like <laughs> you know what I'm saying let it season you know when you put the season in the food just gotta let it get the juices you know what I'm saying Like we're and we need to like when we um as well as we're our losses and our wins we need to let it sink in because mm-hmm. like if you lose like Yes, just back, dust yourself back up and get back up again. But you just need to realize what, how did you lose, and how can you like not make that same mistake again? Mm-hmm. And the same thing for your wins, like let it get out there and then you move on to the next thing. And I think like over the years, I wish I had to have these oomph moments. Like, I did a talk about creating and curation. I was a creator, creator at first, and then I ended up being a curator. And I think one of the like oomph moments was like when I did the. Uh, social media hub, the first ever social media hub at Buckingham Palace where I took a selfie with Prince Harry and Prince William. Mm -hmm. And I think it was from like one of that, that moment, I was like oomph, like that lasted for like months. And it's like when we're working, you've always got to think of these moments like, and I always try to say, if I have four moments in a year, cool, that's good, a moment each quarter. And then I can have like little moments in between that. But it's just reminding people I'm still here because mm-hmm. like, I'm like 10 plus years in the game now yeah. it's like you always just got to have them sort of in moments
0: 10 plus years in the game you know you started SB a long long time ago I must have been yeah, about 16, 17 when you, when you started uh, uh, when you, you got into the game um, how has your sort of love for what you do changed over time you talked a little bit there about oomph moments, but I'm like, the, the reason I asked this question, I think, because I'm like maybe five five years into my business technically. I'll mm-hmm. call it six or seven before we really got going, but but five years into my business. Um, and I still um, ask myself this question a lot about how how much I love it every day and how passionate I am to come to work. And um, if there is ever a day where I come in and I don't have the the drive, mm-hmm. I start asking myself all these <clears> questions as to where it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um So, like, 10 years into SB, how how are you feeling about the brand today? Um, I feel like I could be doing a lot more, if I'm honest. Cards on the table. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But my, again, like, just from when I was a kid, my mind is like that. I'm involved in so much different stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like I need to focus on it a little bit more. Um, Like, the music scene right now... Killing it. And even not just, just the scene in general. Like I was with Maya Jamma the other day, and like she's smashing the game. I was with like the Showboys, they're smashing the game. I was with like different camps and units all over up and down the UK. It just feels like a real moment. Um, So I feel like I could be doing, with SB I could be doing a lot more. And like 2020 Vision, I'm gonna be doing a lot more. I have so many plans with like big institutions that I'm working on at the moment behind the scenes one with British Library, so like, I'm like talking to like big brands and these are oomph moments that mm-hmm. will, I could do just that and that will last a few months and I'll do that again last a few months mm-hmm. or a couple of months, whatever. And, and I'll just carry on from doing like that. I feel like I'll be doing a lot more. Like when I go out in the streets, people are like, why are you doing this no more? Where's the, and mm-hmm. like, I want to bring back F64s like mm-hmm. do more A64s. But people got to realize I was making content for so long and um, like the community stuff, just took over my life a little bit. And I really got stuck in with setting up the youth centers and working on that behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah. But yeah, in terms of SB, I could be doing a lot more.
0: On that sentence there, I could be doing a lot more. One of the one of the things that I think makes a lot of people that message me put a lot of pressure on themselves mm. is that sentence, is, is that it. constant feeling. I have the same feeling, right? Mm. I always think, fuck, you should be doing more, you should be further, you should be doing better. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, even like an 18 year old kid that's just starting out, they're, they're looking up at you, they're looking up at like other people and they're thinking, oh, I, like I should be doing a lot more. And I think we're all in a world where we're all think- sat here thinking mm. I should be doing a lot more. How do you deal with that pressure? And does it feel like pressure? Does it make you feel like anxious? A hundred percent.
1: Like, I think it reaffirms it when I see people and they tell me, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, why aren't I doing this? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could tell yourself again and again, why aren't you doing something? But when someone else tells it to you, then it's like, <laughs> that's the consumer. They're, they're, what, their voice matters. Because you have it already in your brain, but <clears> someone just unlocks it. Like, I always say people have, people have where it is, what, what it is they want to do in, inside them. Like, I unlocked it when I was 15. Like, like someone's nan could un- unlock it when I was 80 she started mm-hmm. up a knit- knitting business and it's like but everyone has that passion inside them it's just something that triggers it or something that you find where oh I can do that and mm-hmm. and then you go and run with it so I feel like yeah it's like there inside you and someone just unlocks it and then that's what it's like you know what I could be doing more
0: do you um, procrastinate?
1: oh I am the biggest procrastinator really? <laughs> I am so bad I don't know if people know that but I am the biggest procrastinator in all time <laughs> I actually think I'd be top three, top ten, top top three. It's so bad. I don't know how. It's, like, one of the biggest things. Like, I don't really talk about it, but I, it's bad. There'll be certain things, like, certain videos that are still not out from years ago. Like, it's like I'm a gerbil, like a hamster. I just keep everything stored, like, and it's really bad. Like, it's a clutter, like, in my brain. But, like, there's projects that have been, like, on the table for ages, like, big projects. And it's just because, like... I'm just like, uh, yeah, oh. and I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> if you know that meme, then you know that
0: meme. <laughs> in your mind, what is procrastination? For me, procrastination is getting to the point where you've thought about something so much that you've almost talked yourself out of immediate action. Yeah, and like in a, in a in a way, so you think you might think to yourself, "I've got that essay to do in school." Um, I really fucking don't want to do it. And there's that question which I don't know how to answer. And, oh God, I have got some time. And da, 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 da. and you talk yourself so much out you find yourself fucking like, you know, like kicking the ball at a fucking wall instead. Yeah,
1: and you go and find yeah. other things to yeah. do which doesn't have anything to do with yeah, that.
0: Yeah, when the, the task at hand, the thing that you're avoiding, there tends to be a psychological, barrier. often bullshit barrier as yeah. to why you're not confronting it. Yeah, so it yeah, might yeah. be, oh, you don't know the answer to question three. It might be that... um you you fucking hate it. Like yeah. it could be. Some, it might be that you're like scared of failing. A lot of people procrastinate from doing things because they think they'll fuck they'll they'll fail. Yeah,
1: so that's like me and talking. I can't do keynotes.
0: I think this is something <laughs> that will surprise something. Surprise. I can't a lot of do
1: keynotes. It's just like my fear. Like I just think of like getting clammy hands thinking about it now. But like, there's been so like whether it's like not paid or like big paid jobs, I've had to turn them down. Like because I can't get over that going on stage for 15 minutes and just talking.
0: I've got a little game for you, Jamal, here. So I'm an 18-year-old kid and I, I come to you, Jamal, and I yeah. say, Jamal, I respect you and admire you so much. Yeah. Um, I've got a problem now. Yeah. I can't do keynotes.
1: Oh lovely, bro! <laughs> I say go look at Steve Bartlett. He's the don at it. You
0: know what I'm saying? No, what would you say to me though? Genuine question. What are you talking go about? Go look at Steve Bartlett's <laughs> videos? <laughs> are you mad? <laughs> no, no, but hey. it's, surely it's the same principles. Is like as everything else you've done in overcoming your life. It's the same set of like. I don't know, but it's, I'm like so
1: comfortable with not doing it, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've built that barrier in my head. Like my my agents are like, Jamal do media training, we get public speaking courses, they do all the top speakers in the game, Mm -hmm. Sir Ken Robinson at all. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't. Maybe one day I'll get over it, but at this moment in time I've managed, and I was, and this is what I'm saying, I've managed to, I feel like what if, i managed to get to where I am today Mm -hmm. without doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, but then I think, imagine if I did do it, like I could be just doing, do you know what I'm saying? It's Mm -hmm. just nuts like how I've not that barrier in my brain won't allow me to do it. And I've done a I've done a TEDx talk which I said the future prime minister will come from YouTube. And it went all right, but like there could have been I think like after that I closed myself off again. Like I should have taken that, learned on how I can improve because basically it was like um it was like, I just wanted to finish it. And anything I want to finish, I rushed. Like mm-hmm. I did uh, uh, the, an Hermes catwalk. Like my first catwalk. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe I did it. Yeah. And like, literally I walked on and I walked so fast to get off the catwalk. Cause so I was just like, really? you know what I'm saying? It's like the same thing with talking. I was talking so fast. I wasn't letting the words marinate. I think people are going to know this word. Marinate. Marinate is that can be applied to all aspects of life. Trust me. Um, but yeah.
0: What are you scared of?
1: Talking. <laughs> Kilos. I think failure and I think like having people not care about you anymore. At the end of the day, the audience is the most important thing. The reason why we're doing this is like we've got an audience, we've got like followers, we've got people that look up to us, we've got people that. And I feel like once someone, a lot of people don't care about is what you're doing, you've got to look at something else. So it's like, If people are not checking you anymore, then you don't really have a business because the consumer is like quite important to our businesses anyway. Mm -hmm. And just not being able to do the stuff that I procrastinate about a lot of time as well. So like there's loads of projects and I think crazy stuff. I think like every day is our last day, I feel. And like sometimes I go to sleep and I'm like crazy stuff. Like what happens if I'm not alive to see that? Like, I don't know what's, what, why I think like that, but it's like, there's like that, that and there's other stuff like, I've got a project with the v or like an artist that I'm going to work with in like a month's time, two months time. But I think what happens if I'm not going to be alive for that? I don't know. Where does that come from? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just think mad stuff like that. I'll go to sleep and I'll be like, damn. Like, if I just like, but I think I've had a lot of death in my life as well, mm-hmm. which is like sort of, like I've known people that have. Like died in their sleep, like S A A D S, I think it's called. Yeah. But it's like you just your heart stops, and then like I've known a few couple people like that, or like people that are not around no more. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's just like your mum had a battle with with cancer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you yeah. Talked, talked about a lot. What was that? What was that like? Because my mum, I remember when I was younger, I think I was about 12 years old. My mum came home and she said to me, there's a lump in my breast. Mm-hmm. And for the next, uh, maybe about two weeks until she had a, her second stage scan of it, it was like, you know, world shattering, I yeah. guess. And I, I must've been I'm 12, 11, maybe even younger. Um, so when I read that you, you had been through a very similar thing and your mum had been diagnosed, my mum was, it turned out it was a cyst, which mm. she had removed. Mm. Um a lot of people don't understand what that what that must be like, especially when you're, you've are you got this sort of big business that you've got to maintain and keep focused and keep mm. up appearances over here. Mm. But then something like that so personal and close to home happens. What's that like? I just removed myself from a lot of stuff. I just didn't want to just be out, out and about. And I feel
1: like um, it was definitely a moment that made me appreciate life a little bit more and providing a little bit more for... My um, family and close ones around me just like open my mind a lot. Like, we're not on this earth forever. Like, we're alive. The only thing certain is death. I don't want to say this as I was talking about death a lot, but mm-hmm. it's like you've got to try and do as much as you can in the time that you're given. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like everyone's got the 20, same 24 hours on, on, on this planet. Like, I saw that quote, like, you've got the same 20, 24 hours as Bill Gates, Richard Branson, or whatever. Um, So it's like trying to. Appreciate that and trying to give it all as you can, but still maintain a healthy lifestyle. Because otherwise it will, like you'll spend, like, I hear people that spend 21 hours awake, like working on it. you just got, got to, health, is wealth as well, cause health is wealth as well, because health is wealth as well, because it's important. If you're creating a business or you want to do something and you ain't healthy, that's going to affect you. Mm. Like Your health is the most important thing.
0: One of my, um, I don't think I've ever said this before, but one of my fears is that I'll be so consumed in running my business and then one of my close family members will die and I'll look back and regret not spending more time with them when I had the chance. And I think I don't want that moment to make me realise what actually mattered.
1: That happened to me. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I've got a very big family. Like, mm-hmm. I think like my grandparents were like, like 18 brothers and sisters. It's crazy. crazy. Like I don't know half of my family. And... I was so like, I would never go to gatherings, like all that sort of stuff. And it was like, the, and then it came a period of time where I started wanting to go back and check my aunties and my uncles and my cousins because I realized I was consumed by it. Did you get to that point? Consumed by? Like your business Bro, where you're... it's now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I know, don't yeah. call
0: my mum, like, I've been keeping it facts because it's just, what's the point of me lying? I call my mum. <clears throat> This sounds so bad, right? You're going to... Your opinion of me is going to go in the fucking toilet. No. Once every two months. It's bad. My mum and dad live in the UK, in the southwest, in Cornwall. I travel around the world. That's why my suitcases are over there. I'm going flying to New York. just been told I'm flying to New York now. Mm. So, like... And I don't... Like... I'm not good at... The balance is my biggest um, flaw. I don't have any balance. Mm-hmm. It's all work for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say that's one of my biggest fears is figuring out before, before it's sort of too late to, for them to smell the roses that I had a priorities issue. And I'm, yeah. it's almost like I'm aware of it, but I'm not, I've not done anything about it yet.
1: I, I relate. Um, like, I relate. And I believe everything happens for a reason. Like I remember when I moved out, which is when your mom got diagnosed? No, so I moved when I moved out like twenty one or something okay. like yeah, right. and then I sort of moved back to like when she when that happened. Right. Um, but in that period of time, I didn't uh, the same thing. Like I like I was so into it. Like like um, my mom and dad would message me and it would take me like time to message them back, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Oh, you're all right." Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I, I I resonate with that, but then also. Like I bumped into my auntie who used to look after me when I was younger, and I thought about it. I've never had a picture with her, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so I sat her down. And I was like, "Look, we're taking a picture." It's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> and I was like, "Pictures create memories, is it?" Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about it. Like our family is important, but at the same time, like people that I've have that I've only just met, I like could have more meaning in my life than some family members in the whole time and that's bad Crazy. but like cause that's because you don't see them That's the people that you connect to and that you work with on a daily basis do you know what I'm saying like, mm-hmm. and your people and your business become your family mm-hmm. and that, that's just how, how life is and I think people beat themselves up over a little bit um, but I do think it's important to check for the people that mean a lot to you mm-hmm.
0: definitely and when you when you got that news that your mum was she, was she was sick um, how did that impact your ability to run your business Um, Fortunately, my my people in my business was like, tomorrow take as much time as you need.
1: In my head, I was like, oh my God, is she gonna die? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I was like, oh my God, like, I think she had like stage three or stage four, I was really like, really late, Mm -hmm. like that she got diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I think one of the big things that I learned from that was her positive attitude and self belief came from me, Mm -hmm. like just from me just being, <clears throat> do you know what i'm saying <laughs> going for it and she applied that like very like even though she's losing her hair like all that sort of stuff um she applied that she was like i took your mindset and i was like i'm gonna make it through it and she made it through it um which is good um and now she's like killing the game like, on loose women so she's doing good she's doing
0: good it's awesome one of the one of the things i actually spoke about in the last podcast i did was about um race <laughs> and the topic of race here's my here's my kind of opinion one of the things that i've got to be honest um frustrates me a little bit Mm -hmm. is when minorities specifically black minorities because it's the the group that i feel like i can identify with the most um fall into the trap of thinking that their race will hold them back or even in cases of like you know um gender or even ageism um Mm -hmm. will hold them back because they are black. Mm-hmm. And it's a young, successful black man like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever see that? And what's your opinion of it? I used to, but that's about I used to think it's because I'm black. Yeah. 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 And now I do so.
1: like, I don't think that as much, but that's a, that depends upon the people that you hang around with sure. and that you surround yourself with because I surround myself with so many different groups and I like to connect those groups. Mm-hmm. So like my upmarket city boys, I would connect them to like my state boys and we'd go to like Sour House, for example, and they'd all be there mm-hmm. and they all get on and they all like fine, but everyone seems to make the segregation. And mm-hmm. I like, I think back in the day, I used to have that in my head. If I never used to get anything, it's, like, oh, it's cause I'm black, it's cause I'm black. Mm-hmm. And then I built my mindset out of that cause it was mm-hmm. going to keep me trapped if I kept like thinking like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just got to um, like, I feel like, it doesn't like doesn't matter what what race you are. Um, oh, it goes deep. It Back
0: goes in, deep. Like it goes, it? deep. Yeah, like it goes deep. Like goes deep. Obviously, yeah. The
1: history. Yeah. Like that, you can see like like mm-hmm. Black history, and you can learn about it. And I'm not gonna go into it. I, I I know bits about it, and I'm not like I'm not gonna say I'm like a historian, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know about like the oppression, oppression, and yeah, oppression, yeah, yeah. Like, oppression, all that. Um, but it's like we're in a in a new age. And people can say, oh, what age or race or whatever, but it's in your mind to to mm. be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's a Gandhi quote. Like, And I try and make sure that I don't let that affect how I move mm-hmm. because otherwise it's not a blame game. Yeah. Right? You just got to carry on. You got to do it.
0: And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you start to believe it, right? Yeah, like
1: you manifest. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Why don't you manifest you're going to do something else? (laughs) Not manifest. That's because I'm black. (laughs) The reason I didn't get that is because I'm black or or it's because I'm young. Like I remember I used to do that as well. Like it's because I'm young. But (laughs) then I like ended up employing someone that had 20 years of experience and then me and that person combined got the job. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, and you just got to think you're in a situation. How do you take it and change it? That to the way that it can fit you, mm-hmm. and then build on it.
0: And that's what I think frustrates me about it. Is because I see, I see the issue. I, I know discrimination is a re- very real thing, and I'm not yeah, denying it that it is. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we're all disc- we all have our own prejudices. Yeah, you know, if stereotypes if, and hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's not something that I can really change at scale. Like mm. I can't change the prejudice in people. But you can change your mindset. Yeah, and I actually think that the prejudice or the belief that I'm being. Um, I'm at a disadvantage because of something like my skin color that I can't change mm. is more um, dangerous or more conducive with me not being successful than the little bit of prejudice that John at that brand might have towards people that look like me. Mm, yeah, so yeah. I think the mindset becomes a bigger issue. This is a controversial topic, of course, yeah. because you know it's the important nuance is that you know prejudice and discrimination are still very real things.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. But it's it's you, yeah. your how you deal with it. There's that saying of like people get thrown things at them all the time mm-hmm. but it's your reaction that is mm-hmm. what makes it whatever it exactly, is do you yeah. know what i'm saying look at the football football at the moment and and racism mm-hmm. for example Raheem could turn around run into the crowd, and start sla- sla- slapping <laughs> yeah. whoever's being racist but no he deals with it properly like a big man diligently and do you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's about how you deal with it definitely
0: you um you spoke a, in your documentary about mental health in the music scene. You spoke a lot about your own battles with anxiety. Uh-huh. It's um something that seems to be seems to be more prevalent now in our generation than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um you know people point their fingers at social media and all these kinds of things. You mentioned earlier that you had you felt you had a very cluttered mind, mm-hmm. um which I thought was an interesting use of words. What what has your sort of experience with mental health been in um are you closer to understanding what what is causing it and what helps to sort of I guess cure it? Yeah, like I find I find it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. Like
1: you you have these moments, these times where you wake up and I don't know, your serotonin levels might be low or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I can only talk for like how I deal with it. Mm-hmm. So like how I deal with it is like trying to eat better. Mm-hmm. Like because when I have heavy meals, it just makes you feel groggy, and I just feel ah, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Slow, gym, mm-hmm. like is another thing. Um, keeping like healthy and just switching off sometimes and spending some time with like friends and that is quite important. Mm-hmm. Uh, a recent thing is like football for me. Like I was obviously a massive football fan when I was younger, but when I started doing SB, it was like I couldn't go to the pub and watch games or go to Stamford Bridge and watch the games. So, um, music took over my life. And it was like, even, again, like, Chelsea was playing Valencia yesterday. Yeah. And I was talking at Havas, and it was like, I've got a season ticket. And it's really? like, I balance, like, it's happening again. Like, where mm. I'm stuck in between. Like, do I go here and do I turn this down? And I think a lot of people didn't realise that I was a, like, massive like, football fan. And, like, I've, like, started going to a lot more games. And it just, like, it just removes me from everything. And I'm just in the game for, like that period of time, which mm-hmm. I find for me personally, like, is like a, it's like a relief, like, just from my crazy world. Like, and then I go back to my normal world again. Like, it's a bit weird, but,
0: yeah. And you, you, I read somewhere that you, your sort of relationship with anxiety is quite unpredictable in the sense yeah. that your anxiety comes over you randomly with a, without apparent cause. Yeah, like, I'll be in a
1: place or I'll go into a place and I'll be like, I don't, i just... I don't know. I just like leave. <laughs> and did that start at a certain age or at a certain time, or was it? Um, was it? I think so. Yeah. It's like I think it was a confidence thing as well. Like from young, I always wanted to make videos and just put them out there. And whatever topics I wanted to talk about, I was going to do a few videos, and that was it. I was going to have like no real life interaction. Um, and I think that like it, it's just always been there. I don't know how to. I don't know how to explain it really. Um, but I think a lot of it is confidence of, like it used to be like money gives you confidence. And then mm-hmm. I realized your actual like life and your relationships gives you confidence with, with people. Mm-hmm. like. And I think it was just the wrong messaging that I was looking at and I was giving into that allowed my brain to be sort of um, sidetracked into what is, what is life, what is uh, a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what created me having, like, getting anxious in certain places. where like, oh, I don't like this vibe or whatever. But I remember I worked in Topman for, like, four or five years. And that actually built my confidence a lot because I used to have to go up to people and ask people for store cards I did not know. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, that was one of the most frightening things I had to do. And that helped me, like, build, like, more mm-hmm. uh, relationships with people talking to people because mm-hmm. I was just a very closed kid.
0: When I was, um, I just did this show with Channel 4 in a, in a school called mm-hmm. Secret Teacher. So oh, yeah, undercover, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it was one of the things that I, I discovered from that process was that the people that I thought were the class, class clowns. So I walked into this classroom, mm-hmm. I see all these kids. Some of them are like throwing pencils, telling teachers to F off, throwing bottles, just messing around. And I'm sat there in lesson one thinking, these, are just, these kids are just assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like horrible people, right? And then the more I got to know the kids, you un, un, sort of unravel their stories and find out that the ones that are the biggest class clowns and behaving the worst were in fact bullied for four years when they were you know like six years old and mm-hmm. they were they, they, are, they are the ones that have the lowest confidence and in fact their behaviour was kind of a way to mask their kind of lack of confidence mm-hmm. in themselves or the like the education or whatever do you think that's is that something that relate you can relate to or yeah definitely I think like like and the thing with me like I picked the
1: wrong battles like from when I was young like I remember in year seven like I was in in class and I think like someone must have like threw like a a rubber in the back of my head, yeah. And I was like, what? Like, I like just got (laughs) so angry. Um, And like, I think with that certain group of people that that person was hanging around with, um, I had like a problem with them. like And I think, I don't know where it came from, whatever. I just thought like, yeah, he's like just picking on people, whatever. Um, and I remember I had an outburst like when I was like younger in the early days when I was like year seven and you're like n- like mm-hmm. everyone's new it's like you're you're making your name it's like sure. you're, you're finding out who your group of friends are mm-hmm. and you're sort of like figuring out well, how you're going to like go from year seven to year 11 mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah it can have an effect you talked sort of.
0: a second about um, figuring out more as you've gotten older what like fulfillment is in life and what yeah. like happiness really is yeah. do you have that answer? Um, I don't have the answer. Do you know what it me. is for yourself? Do you know what the things are that um For said- me what makes me happy
1: is being able money. to um give back. Okay. I think when I when earlier like years ago, I think money was like a big happiness factor, but I've known people that have got serious money and they're not happy. So I feel like me happiness for me is like being able to give back and improve other people's lives. Like and I was doing that for years with SB. I put artists on and then they'd blow up. And then I'd be like, yes, I've like been helped, helped a career, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then like, after that, it became more about the community of doing the stuff, the youth stuff. And that, like for me is fulfillment.
0: And you, on the topic of giving back to people, you're opening youth centers back up in London?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've got like four, um, I was supposed to do one, and then I ended up opening four because I just got carried away. Mm-hmm. Um, they were centers that were closed, um, Two are like drop-in sessions where young people can come and uh, just somewhere outside of school and outside of your home, um, where you can come and just talk, like -hmm. if you've got problems whatever. And we wanna try and do a lot of mental health workshops. And then we've got another session, which is like music and media, um, which like JBL have kind of like throwing loads of stuff at us, Apple Mm -hmm. giving us loads of stuff, where young people can come and learn to produce, film, um, anything that you want. And then we've got one which is sports, which is like for kids that want to do sport. And I think the main thing that I want to do with these centres is like, we've engaged like over 150 kids over the past 13, 14 weeks. Um, but it's like, if a young person comes to me and says, I asked them, what do you want to do? One was like, I want to be a lawyer. One wants to be a sprinter. One wants to um, be a librarian or whatever. I would then use my contacts to connect them to that right person. Mm-hmm. So then I'll go speak to like a law firm or I'll go speak to like Apple or I'll go speak to the British Library and then get that young person in there for work experience whatever and to try and help build their self-belief and confidence because I think that's one of the big things that I didn't have from when I was young. I didn't really have the confidence and self-belief because no one used to tell me, you could do that, you could do that. I just sort of like looked at the TV and the newspapers and the internet and made up my own mind but that's one of the big things that I want to try and do for the young people today.
0: What impact did money have when you you left Top Man um, and started making some money? I don't know,
1: people like, never know, people might be scheming on you. Touch word. I've like, never been like robbed or whatever, but like you could just never know. I've had people like say, oh Jamal be careful, like people kidnap you and whatever. And I'm like, Pfft. Because I think, like, people have that perception of you're making loads of money, like, in the early days. And it wasn't that at all. But it was like, oh, you've got, like, millions of views. You must be making loads of money. Um, So I feel like money just brings... Money brings happiness and sadness, I think. Um, But in in the early days, I used to think money was... Money made the world go round. I don't think that anymore. Why not? Because money comes and goes, like... You're not gonna take like all the clothes that we're wearing. And, like mm-hmm. when you're in the grave, it's not gonna matter. Obviously, you're gonna have money left back for your family, your close ones, whatever. But it's like you have money and you lose money. I've had money. I've lost money. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's like if, it I, gave like if I gave you a hundred, I give you
0: a check for one billion right now. Mm-hmm. Would it make you happier? Oh, um, cause smiling. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um, yes and no. Do you know what I'm saying? It has its pros and its cons. Like, and I think it's what I would use the money for. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if I use the money for self, yeah, self, for like going buy a big yacht house, like because that could be very lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas if I went and I did a tour and I opened up centers, obviously you want to spend a little bit of money on yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you spend it all on yourself, I think that would create, uh, mm-hmm. like crazy sort of dynamic, like that would like, go crazy, go crazy, because some rich people, people yeah. I know are so bored, Yeah. yeah. like what could have worked, yeah I'm going to go fly to Monaco today, yeah, I'm going to go fly here, and it's like, mm. do you know what I'm saying, but you can survive yourself with those rich people, but like normal people, they have nine to fives, not going to come, because you want to fly there for like, mm-hmm. God knows how long, but I don't know.
0: You said about money can make you feel quite lonely, especially mm-hmm. if you get a big ass house, and you're yeah. like, it's a mistake I made when I was 24, bought a big house, um, <laughs> Forty miles, away, forty minutes away from all my friends, thinking mm. I was some big guy, Yeah, yeah and yeah. then realised that I get home at midnight. So it's a forty-minute drive that I didn't want to do at night, and yeah. an hour in the morning. I think everyone does that. I yeah, did it's that as stupid. well.
1: Stupid. Yeah, I did that as well. Like, and then I realised I wasn't. It's the worst like, For people I've to come made. visit, it was, <laughs> it was like it was long. But then you realise who your true friends are. It's true. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. If they come and visit, and I was only a few that actually came to visit, like. I was living far. I basically went from west to east. Right. Why? But um and that journey is like an hour in itself. Yeah. So um but yeah, like you actually realise who your true friends are. And I feel like when you're creating a business, you're gonna get a lot of people that will be like, Oh, you forgot about me. Like, Mm -hmm. where are you? Like, do you know what I'm saying? But the real ones always be there. And I've realized that years later down the line, but it used to affect me, like, why are my friends not talking to me anymore? Like they just think like I'm big headed or whatever, but they did not realise I was just chasing a dream. And I think at a young age, they only saw that as like they didn't realise that until now but like okay we get it Mm -hmm. and I think that's because as you grow up you gain gain experiences and and you learn how to sort of deal with stuff
0: and is it has there been real lonely moments for you running the business and
1: yeah there's been sort of lonely lonely parts Um, because
0: people say that entrepreneurship and like running businesses is a really lonely yeah I think like
1: I think that's what I had to deal with when I was younger like now I think I've got like a quite a good support group but when I was younger I didn't have that support group and I think that's what like was programmed into my brain like this is how business is and I don't think it is and it isn't mm-hmm. um so yeah like I've I've dealt with like lonely aspect from when I was younger and I didn't have anyone to ask and I remember like my parents like didn't think I could ask them because they didn't understand and it's like if I ask them about certain things, I'll be like, oh, "I don't, I don't get it." So I've dealt with the loneliness when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Now, if I if there's loneliness, I know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I didn't know how to deal True. with it, and I dealt with it. However, I did. But um,
0: what what's the future for Jamal Edwards then? What's the like the big you know? When you look into it, uh, I I don't necessarily have a plan for myself. I don't yeah. expect people to have a plan. But when you think about your future, what is that? Um, what does it look like and feel like?
1: I want to do my own podcast.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't know. I live like power of
1: now, innit? Nice. Um, I live in the power of now. I'd like to do more that like, personal brand stuff and I feel mm-hmm. like I've been building the Jamal Edwards brand um, outside of the SB. Um, I'd like to like, do some more management and like tour, travel the world a bit as well, mm-hmm. but travel the world on much more of a leisure tip mm-hmm. um, instead of always being around right. work. Um, I don't think that will ever happen, but I can talk it into existence. I'd like to do more like youth centres. Mm. Um, I'd like to open up more youth clubs. I'd like to be involved in more um, entrepreneurship, managed
0: musicians. Will you ever be satisfied? Never. You can never be satisfied. That should be on a t-shirt. Never satisfied. If you were to, I know you don't like talking about this topic because you said it earlier, but if you were to drop dead today, Yeah. would you have any regrets about the way you, you know, you'd done Jamal? I don't think so. Mm.
1: I don't know. Is that right, the right answer for There's that? It's not a right answer, no. Yeah, no, I don't know. Right. I, think I feel like, the same way. Yeah, like, I feel like I oh, feel like I had a good good run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's decent. No, 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 I don't know. No, like, no, I feel the same. Like way. I think, yeah. Um, Would
0: you still be thinking a little bit though? I Could have done. Uh, yeah, hundred like percent. Like, I could have done that project. Yeah. I could have filmed that person. <laughs>
1: yeah. I could have done that acting yeah, role or whatever. I don't know. Like, and I think that will always be in like always be yeah. in my head. Probably and I feel like. LFC. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, I really, I really believe in um, like, just, ca- like, just keep, keep on going, like, keep on going no matter what it is. Um,
0: you're a, you're a, this is my last question. You're a, you're a, you're known for your network and for being a... Network is your net worth. Exactly. And you're, so. you're someone, of all the people that I've probably had on this podcast, I, I don't think anybody's got a better network um or sort of a phone book than you. Uh, because it's Well, central. only Steve Barlett, of course. No, mine's nothing like yours. Bro. <laughs> come on, my bro. No, no, not my my network isn't like nah, yours, man. bro. <laughs> no. no, you're no. humble, bro. No, it's not no, there. This, this, this is the facts. Well no, like, <laughs> come on, man. No, but like this is because it's like central to your business model as well is mm-hmm. um being able to like connect people, bring them on and and then you know, the success of SBTV's been blowing these people up like Ed Sheeran, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is question I always ask everybody. Um you're having a dinner party. Oh, God. Who's on the table? Six people. I'm there because it's my house. Come on. Right? You're there, right? Yeah. Four other people. And the only... only Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Oh. And um, you also want to know what the the starter is, the main course and the dessert.
1: Jesus. Oh, my God. Give me time. So all right.
0: You can have all the time in you want. All right. Who was that the first person that popped in mind when I said that? Was there a person? Yeah. Who was
1: it? It was Stephen Hawking and Nelson Mandela. Really? Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Because I met Stephen Hawking really? before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like mad and he, he I think he went to he met my mum as well. When really? my mum was in, we were rocky, so he went to go watch um at the Dominion Theatre. Um I just I was just trying to think of who are the greatest minds in the world. Mm-hmm. Like mixed He's, with random ones, like yeah. I don't know, like Chuckle Brothers or something. Chuckle Brothers <laughs> <laughs> Like, ah, wow, Chuckle Brothers there, <laughs> yeah, man. On um, so, yeah, I
0: think, like, um Does Stephen Hawkins get a seat?
1: Yeah, definitely. Nelson Mandela. N- I have some Mandela. females in there. So, like, Mother Teresa or something. Nice.
0: Um, one more. One more? That, that's it. Wait. Four. You, you sat them on that one. Oh, I, can, I can ask them man. to get back up again. <laughs> Four um, people dead or alive. Uh. Stephen, I'm going to have to ask you to stand back up. Jamal's not sure. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, Nelson, if you could nah. just get to your feet. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Oh, my days. Damn.
0: I'll put them back on the waiting list.
1: Oh, nah. How could you do that to a man like Stephen? <laughs> um, oh, mate. That, like, I'm, I'm like using that really old school, like just to like get some knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'd say like, throw Oprah Winfrey in there as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah if you had to invite one person that's featured on SBTV who would it be not easy question do you know one like, do you, someone came to my head Dave really yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah. yeah. he's sick. like yeah he's like like I feel like because yeah. I'm watching Top Boy I mean, he smashed, uh, right. he smashed yeah, yeah, that yeah. Ball as well that's what Puzzer came to my head straight away um, that's interesting yeah
0: I'd he's
1: say, killing the game I'd say I'd say I'd say, I'd say Dave fried dumplings yeah, okay. for the starters mm-hmm. nice yeah um then for the main,
0: what's your your African heritage?
1: Um, Where are you from? I'm from Saint Vincent, Saint Vincent. Caribbean. So nice. yeah, Saint Vincent and Grenadines. I was born in Botswana. Oh shit, mm. Botswana to Saint Vincent. <laughs> I don't know, I'd like, I, I'd look like. I'd like. I'm just going off on topic, but I'd like to find my real dad one day and know what side that side is. I don't know what my other side is, which is a bit.
0: Have you ever tried to find him?
1: Yeah, and. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Done that ancestry thing, innit? Right. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother kettle of fist. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um. Main, the main, um, do you know what? I'm just going to go standard, like, rice, peas and chicken, I think. Nice. Now this is so stereotypical. Yeah, of course he's going to choose that. Do you know what? <laughs> Actually, I will have the jasmine tea smoked chicken. Oh,
0: nice! Yeah, like that.
1: Oh, that's still chicken. Oh my god! I'm, like, I'm thinking about chicken so much. <laughs> um, do, do you know what? I'll, I'll go throwing some sea bass. Sea bass, yeah, sea okay. bass with rice and Rans some nice. Be bougie now. Some nice, but it's got to be, have loads of garlic. I love garlic, garlic and ginger with some basmati rice. Yeah, with some nice sauce, um, and then for dessert, I will have. Uh, Scones, oh my god, scones. I love I didn't scones. Expect that. You've
0: been hanging around with the Royals too
1: much. Uh, no, nah, just like <laughs> Fortnum and Masons, as you do. Oh, right. I love scones, like scones, yeah, because I'm not a big dessert, like mm-hmm. I like brownies and jelly mm-hmm. and ice, ice cream, sort of. But scones, yeah, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm gonna have to get some scones today. I've started it, <laughs> I'm gonna at you in a story. Like, Stay, I'm, I'm in, I've got scones, so you like clotted cream yeah, and yeah jam clotted one. cream and jam. Oh my god, my mouth is watering. <laughs> I am going for scones, and then for the drink. I'll have a ginger beer. Oh um, really? Old Jamaica ginger beer that bang in with um some hot chocolate. And the the thing, I'm not a really, bit I've never drunk coffee in my life. Mm-hmm. Like people always wonder like, always, oh let have an espresso. I like Cafe Patron, but mm-hmm. I've never had coffee. So I feel like when if I give into coffee, when I'm tired, that's just gonna be it's... I know people that wake up and that's it. I mm-hmm. have coffee every day. But yeah, that's 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 my meal. Yeah.
0: Stone. A little bit of everything, and you clearly are foodie, and you've got that sort of African, you know, heritage, Jamaican heritage, which is Caribbean heritage, which is dope. <laughs> you've got there any hands? Yeah, got in the end, yeah. <laughs> listen, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having um, me on SB. Dope, dope to yeah, it's the other SB. SB po- Maybe that's the podcast you should start SB, yeah, and just do something. some SBs first. I'll, yeah. do, I'll do
1: you, and then I'll do still bang every SB. That'd
0: be, dope. That'd be dope. Who else is there? I don't know, get thinking. Anyway, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Nice and, uh, one. Pleasure. Say thanks. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level.